the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Portions of this program may have been recorded. From policy to culture, principles to politics, this is The Seth Liebson Show. Well, welcome back as we head into hour two. If it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium. If it's Wednesday, we check in with our Congressman Representative David Schweikert. How are you, David? Do you think you have any listeners who are old enough to know that reference? I'm just hoping you do. Do you remember that movie? That was like an all-star cast, right? I think. But wasn't that from like... Yeah, well, you know, people know the Beatles, they know FDR, they know Eisenhower, they know Nixon, right? They know Lincoln, they know something that was written in 1776, no one was alive for that. I think I got you, buddy. All right. All right. Actually, it is one of my pet peeves when I have uh, younger people working for me that don't get my references and the responses, I wasn't alive back then. I, and then I throw that at him. You ever heard of but Abraham Lincoln? Like <laughs> yeah. Them right. And having to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or as we do in our office, go Google it. Oh, yeah. Go Google it. Hey, I need your help. I need your help. Okay. Um, where, where do I send the bail money? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's off air. That's off air. Not that. <laughs> Not that one. The president of the United States says he doesn't think there will be a recession, but if so, it will be very slight. Is that like a minor incursion? Is that um, what, yeah. what's very slight recession? Look, you've been around this block before. Um, they're going to, um, what's the term, um, a lie to us right up till the day after the election. Okay. And then they're going to release some reports saying, well... It looks like we had some data that was much darker, uglier. Um, you know, you, you saw, what was it, um, producer price index pop um, more than it should. Um, there's just, there's, there's a number of indicators out there that are not good. Yeah. And about six weeks ago, I, I did an hour four presentation. I'm sure a good six or seven people watched this because it was geeky. <laughs> And I was trying to just show um, how inflation had become structural, meaning it wasn't this transitory. It wasn't these idiots that say, oh, it's fuel. No, because fuel had been down. It's the Russian invasion of Ukraine. No, No. (laughs) it's too many dollars chasing too few goods. And guess what Democrats have done? Um, And you're trying to show the structural. and we got some very nasty, you know, emails or text or however people communicate today. And then about two days later, the data we talked about showed, yep, it's structural. Yeah. Yeah. The head of J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, just said today it's actually um, not brain surgery. We need to be drilling more for domestic energy and oil here. 
Um, this was a day one thing from Joe Biden, the energy crunch that we're in right now. I see he's all mad at Saudi Arabia and OPEC. I'm all good for being mad at them. But the idea that we had to, uh, shall we say, outsource our energy needs in the first place, that didn't just come from the ether. That was a decisive uh, that was a decisive action by this president, right? Well, uh, it, it's orthodoxy. Okay. This is one of the pillars of the leftist of Democrat faith, is you must starve America of its hydrocarbons, mm-hmm. and that will somehow force everyone into a coal-fired, powered electric vehicle. Uh-huh. Because, you know, how do we produce, you know, functioning the majority of our electricity? Um, it's just a perversity out there. Also, there's another thing I want you to think about. Okay. And the Saudis actually telegraphed how angry they and many of the OPEC producers were on the release of the strategic petroleum reserve. Oh, okay, talk to us about that. Um, and, and look, um, the strategic reserves are basically designed for a crisis. All hell is breaking loose. It is not designed to round over pricing uh, fuels so the Democrats can win an election. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, a number of us are working on pieces of legislation to make sure this never happens again, where you bleed off our insurance policy, which is that you know, strategic petroleum reserve, so someone can use it for politics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we started dumping a, a million dollars a bear uh, a day, uh, million barrels a day. Mm-hmm. You saw them, the 10 billion, million barrel release. And Saudi Arabia said, it made it very clear, you are distorting the market. Yeah. We need the market to come back at the same time. Remember, the rest of the world has to buy petroleum in U.S. dollars. And for the rest of the world, their prices have gone crazy because it's priced in U.S. dollars, and the U.S. dollar is so strong. So much of the consumption in other parts of the world is collapsing, both because of the economic shrinkage, but also oil to them has gotten very expensive because our currency has gone up so much. So there's much more play. And this administration talks to you and I and the voters like we're children. Yeah. Yeah. The decision seems to me so malfeasant that... I'm almost wondering if it was an election kind of payoff to a progressive part of this country or the progressive wing of their party that maybe somehow somewhere after the election they may reverse course on. I mean, I don't know. We can't we can't obviously Yogi Bear. We can't. The hardest thing to predict is the future. Yeah. Yeah. This one doesn't take uh, procrastination or, or, you know, guessing. Of course it was. Okay. Look, the Democrats systematically use public policy, use public cash to reward those who support them, whether it be the CHIPS Act, whether it actually be their inflation now, Build Back Better to Look at the stunning, the billions and billions and billions and billions going to functioning unions and other groups that support the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing of uh, Joe Biden takes office and he shuts down um, access to hydrocarbons. Um, and how many Democrat contributors are heavily invested in solar and wind? You're still, yeah, you follow the money. Things. Yeah, the old the old it's phrase, follow the money. Yeah. Look, for anyone listening who doesn't believe Washington D.C., it's 
all about the money. Yeah. The ideology is just how they sort of use to get to the money. Yeah. It, it was one of my great awakenings in my time in Washington is many of the battles you hear that you think are ideological and heartfelt, peel back a little bit. It's who's getting the cash. It's Yeah, it's still true. It's still sad. We kind of think we put controls on this kind of stuff. But, I mean, you've told us story after story. Street, yeah. see the Wall Street Journal story yesterday? About the investor? About, uh, yeah, the Fed, uh, yes, Fed officials and their investment portfolios and that sort of thing? And that was just, if you read the article carefully, they make it very clear they're just scratching the surface yeah. of how many senior executives throughout the federal government you know, basically invest in the companies they regulate. Either they sell short on them, they sell options, they buy calls, they're doing all sorts of investing. So, you know, I actually think Congress shouldn't be allowed to trade stocks. Right. Um, I, I, I really don't believe there's a huge problem, but it's just symbolic. We have too much control already over the economy. Something like the Constitution shouldn't, it doesn't actually allow us to do. The Congress has run wild. What happens when the regulatory state? Right. What happens when, think about this. Because that's and, what the article was about. It was the people who are really, right? The the, the people who aren't elected oh, yeah. officials. It was the man. Well, and, yeah, and the, the, uh, and the right. article alluded to what happens when the FBI <laughs> is doing a raid uh-huh. on a company. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, you know, you find out that some of the people in the FBI yeah. may have moved their investment. Sure. Are sure. invested a short or sure. long or, or someone at or, Treasury or, or, or right? Yeah, sure. So Justice Department drops an investigation or lawsuit. In, so maybe it's time the same thing um, that Congress was, looks like they're heading towards, which is a ban on owning, trading any stock. Maybe we should do that all up and down the government. Hey, David, uh, I got to take a break. Do you got to run, or do you want do you want to stay a little longer? No. Can I talk to you a little bit? You, you had a great tweet uh, about Biden and our southern border. Can we talk a little bit about the border on the other side of the spring? Uh, oh, sure. Let's depress ourselves. <laughs> we tend to be in that business, don't we? But we do it with a laugh here. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Representative David Schweikert. Follow him on Twitter. It's a great and active Twitter account, at Rep David. Great handle. Easily memorable, at Rep David. David and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth Leibson, and it is a privilege and pleasure to have with us Congressman David Schweikert. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rep. David. It's a great handle, at Rep. David. Uh, Congressman, uh, today is kind of a big day here in Arizona when it comes to elections. Before we get to the border, uh, tell us uh, what we might be looking for and seeing in our mailboxes. What? There we go. Thirteen weeks. There we go. Sorry about that. Yes. Yeah, no. Start over. We had. Um, I think we had you on mute by accident. Go ahead. Take it. Take no, it from the uh, top. And, and and I actually had thirteen week old. Um, <laughs> um, shall we say sharing part of his lunch back up with? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> what thirteen year oh, thirteen month old is too best. Yes. Thirteen week. Thirteen week. Of course, I knew that. Thirteen week. Unless All there right. was something new okay. you wanted to today tell is, us. Yeah. Today it begins. Yeah. Um, early balloting. Begun, began today. Um, you can walk into some of the early polling sites today. Um, if you're someone that still gets your ballot in the mail, it may be in your mail tomorrow or the next day. Um, it's real. And I beg of you, if, you're, if you're, you get that ballot, 
fill it out, and if you're more comfortable, go drop it off at one of the polling centers so you know it's there, and then you can track it online to see that it's been received and processed. If uh, you, you're someone that votes in person, you can vote in person now. Um, now, there's only a couple spots open and more open as you get closer to the election day, but, but it's always heartbreaking when something happens, hey, yep. I got within a week of the election, I got really sick, and I didn't vote. Right. Or um, you know, I have a family member <laughs> two years ago decided to have a car accident mm-hmm. a couple of days before the election okay. and didn't vote. Yep. And um, you know, it, it, take it seriously. The Democrats are doing a phenomenal job of trying to terrify and get their people excited. And um, we have had races. We have had races in this state that were decided by 20 or so votes. I mean, every one of these things, it matters. It matters. You understand. We've actually had a state legislative seat substantially decided by a a game of cards. Yep. Um, 1992, in a primary, the Awatuki area, the candidates tied. Yeah. So. Uh, but take this seriously, yep. because we have too many Republicans running around saying it's a red wave, mm. and the polling's a lot more complicated yeah. than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, we were tracking. It looks like Democrats without out of state money have just parked a boatload of cash, meaning they look like they're about to do a huge media buy attacking four of our legislative seats. Mm. And, and this is this is real money. This is like congressional scale money. Yeah. Um, we need to be disciplined and understand this isn't a game. This is big boy hardball politics right now. Combine your message. Yeah, every I, vote. Every vote. Every vote counts. I want I want that message to resonate. Combining it with something I was talking about yesterday, which is what I want people who um, who complain. You know, people that you hear from, people I hear from, rightly so, justifiably so. I want them exhausted on November 9th. I want them exhausted. I want them to have said, not only did I vote, but I did everything I could. Pick one race or pick all of them. I don't care, but pick one and, you know, canvas, hammer, talk, evangelize. I want everyone on November 9th exhausted. And as Seth just said, and you, you're not talking to the state. Right. If you're going to another Republican meeting <laughs> where everyone in the room is already voting the right way. Yeah. What did you accomplish? Right, right. The energy is great, but we need to evangelize. Yeah. Exactly. No more amen choirs. Right. We need to go find the savables. It's like the song um, the Saints Come Marching In. Yeah. You know, uh, on election day, you're grabbing the folks that are with you and the, those who are savable, and the rest you abandon, and you get them to the polls. Um, but, but as Republicans, we're spending too much time talking to each other. Agreed. Instead of... You know, I, look, I love some of the rallies. It's a lot of fun. Yep. And it's killing us. But the most important it's thing about that rally is us. what you do after, right? It's like what Martin Luther King said about church. The most important part about church is what you do when you leave, right? Uh, absolutely right. true. I have a couple minutes left, David. Say a word or two about the border. That still is what's coming up, I think, most with the candidates on our side that are running, that people still want to hear about the border. Say a word on um, Just a word. Yeah, it, it's... But, as you know, I want individuals to think about the border in a bigger picture. Yep. You know, when the little girl down the street dies of a fentanyl pill, yep. that's because of border policy. Right. When you realize there's entire human trafficking organized or 
organizations operating along the I-17 and yep. other places in our community. Yep. That's because of an open border. The darkness, the, the human brutality, this, the, the, the left is unwilling to accept and take responsibility for the misery they've brought to so much of this country because, well, they thought it would be good politics for their side to have a wide-open border. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand. I don't agree with it. I hate it. I understand some of the Democratic Party's thinking about their version of border policy up to the point of the illegal drug and the human trafficking. This has caused a merchandise of death, and this I do not understand. I think they're afraid to touch it because then their whole position unravels around the rest of the border. But this is unforgivable. This is unforgivable. The leading cause of death of young men these days. It's unforgivable. Look, it, it, it's evil what's happened. Yeah. Now, I'll give you a great irony. Um, earlier today, we were on with a, a, a type of pollster who does modeling. Uh-huh. So they're already started working on what can we learn from this election and future elections. And he threw out on his last sentence that he predicts that in the next few years, Democrats will finally support locking down the border because too many Hispanics are moving to the Republican Party. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, I want everyone to move to the Republican Party, and that's a good start. That's a really good start. All right, David, listen, I appreciate your voice. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your brain. You're such a good good citizen and great member. I want to give you a majority. And uh, when you get that majority, um, why don't we do a uh, offer uh, a showing of uh, if it's Tuesday, this must be Belgium. And you and I can do a, you know, a pre a pre a pre um, a, a, a pre broadcast or a, a pre showing uh, talk about the movie. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne Plachette, Murray Hamilton, Norman yeah, Fell. I don't remember actually liking the movie. Yeah, I, I know. It, it is a bad it. movie. It's a great title on a lousy movie. You're absolutely right to score me. All right, David Schweikert, thank you. Go get him, sir. Appreciate you. All right. I am Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. It is a delight to bring to the show Matt Schlapp. He is the chairman of the Conservative Political Action Coalition, what many more colloquially know as CPAC. He's coming to Phoenix. Matt, welcome to the airways of Phoenix, and uh, early welcome to the state of Arizona, sir. Well, I'm so excited to be in Arizona. It's the center of all politics. It really is. It really is. Uh, everyone's looking at us. You're coming here for a big rally tomorrow on behalf of Kerry Lake and some others. Tell us about that. Tell us why CPAC is coming here for Kerry Lake at well, all. First of all, uh, I'm a big fan of Kerry Lake. Yeah. I supported her in the primary. I consider her a friend. And I just think she's, a, she's exactly what we need for the future. She's fearless. She's going to do the right thing by the people of Arizona. She's going to close down that border. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm just honored that I'm going to be able to be there with her. Uh, I hope to see Blake Masters while I'm out there. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, he, uh, I think he's going to win that race uh, yep. for the United States Senate. Yep. 
Yeah, you know, Arizona's a, an odd thing, Matt, and as chairman of CPAC, maybe you might want to say something about this, but, you know, you can take, if you're not paying attention, if you're not active all the time, it's a full-time job being a conservative, a political conservative, the left and the Dems can take, um, can take and take. They first start slow, and then they and then they move and take more and more ground. You know, Blake Masters is running for a seat against Mark Kelly, to me, it's a it's 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 a race to take back the seat that Barry Goldwater used to have. We have a Democrat in Barry Goldwater's seat. This should not be Arizona. Should not be purple. It should not be blue. But this can happen if you're not careful. If you're not paying attention. If you don't take your politics really seriously, right? Yeah, and Barry Goldwater was one of the kind of the godfathers of ACU. Uh, you know, when he lost in 1964, he put up a valiant. Right, but uh, obviously a conservative really hadn't been elected uh, to, to the presidency. He took sure. Ronald Reagan sure. uh, almost two decades later. And y- you make a great point. Uh, Arizona has flipped a bit yep. and has moved kind of to this purple. Mm-hmm. But I think the people of Arizona, because of the issues, the war on cops, the war on gender, um, the, uh, the, the open border, yep. the explosion of crime, communism, fight uh, against fossil fuels and land rights and water rights. I just believe that the people of Arizona are going to vote ruby red and Maybe they're reconsidering this little bromance they've had with the progressive movement. I sure hope so, because it does have consequences, right? We used to say to vote is to choose and to govern is to choose. And the one thing we hear, and you see some bumper stickers around here, don't California, my Arizona. It does happen. It is happening. We are seeing rising crime. And then there's this tremendous sin, really, on on the nation where we are becoming we are becoming the vector. Matt, you know this. We are becoming the vector. And the uh, the real trade hub of illegal fentanyl uh, to the rest of the nation. Um, what is coming in and flowing in from Mexico doesn't stay in Arizona. It's killing people. It's killing more young males than anything else. It is the number one killer of young males in this country. And the Democratic Party is what they're they're missing in action totally. They don't want to talk about it at all. Yeah, we have enough fentanyl that has that has, that has come over the border illegally to kill our population like three times That's over. Right. That's um, right. you know, we're, it's just streaming into this country. So even if progressives, left-wingers, Marxists, whatever you want to call them, even if they believe in the open border because they think it's going to like be better for our country to have all this immigration, which I disagree with them on, yeah. there's no human being that could be for all these drugs that are pouring in. That's it's right. literally killing our kids. That's right. You know, kids are taking pills that they think uh, will make them feel better at a party or give them a boost uh, as they get through their finals. And uh, it's literally killing kids. I don't think any one of us doesn't know a family, and we're praying it's not in our family, where a kid has taken a pill that was mislabeled or misdescribed and lost their life, paid the ultimate price for it. I think about people like Eric Bowling, who's on uh, TV every night. He had had the tragedy with his son. I think about... You know, the names of donors who have lost their kids yeah. to it. I have five kids, and I, I really worry about this. Um, our kids are vulnerable. Now, that now the border uh, being open is terrible for our economy. It's right. terrible for the rise in crime. It's terrible for all the terrorists that have streamed in. We have people who are on the terrorism watch list that we have found out later came through the southern border. It is a disaster. I think the border alone is going to switch majorities uh, in Congress and give victories to people like Carrie Lake. But uh, 
you know. Uh, but the sad thing is, is the, the politics might be good, but the the tragedy for the American people. You know, it, there's nothing good about those politics. That's right. It's more than just politics. It's more than just public policy. We're talking life and death, not only of our uh, economy, but human beings. This was a quick, short segment, Matt. I um, want to take a quick commercial break. Let me let me explore some of that with you on the other side. And I'm glad, Matt, I, I'm really glad to hear you talking in the terms of political ideology that we're facing uh, when you use terms like Marxism. I do, too. It took me a while to get there, I have to say. Uh, in in confession, but the more I see what the things like the BLM movement is doing, and the more I see the uh, the cold shoulder the Democrats are turning to serious issues here. That's what it is. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Matt Schlapp, chairman of CPAC. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It's a delight to have Matt Schlapp with us. He is the chairman of the Conservative Political Action Coalition, uh, known as CPAC. He is here in Arizona doing a rally for Kerry Lake and uh, some of our other stellar lights that uh, are going to be up for election this November. Matt, before I go any further, by the way, put in a word, uh, if you would like, uh, for CPAC, for those that might not be aware of it or know uh, much about it. Um, tell, tell the audience a little bit about what the Conservative Political Action Coalition is. The Conservative Political Action Coalition, uh, previously known as the American Conservative Union, puts on CPAC, the conference, which is uh, puts on the largest political conferences all over the world. We just came back from CPAC Australia. Mm. Before that, we did CPAC Israel. Wow. After our election, we'll have CPAC Mexico in Mexico City. Um, and then we're going to have uh, our next big domestic CPAC. You might say CPAC USA <laughs> in uh, our nation's capital, where we're going to celebrate a big victory despite what you read and hear from the mainstream press, the big red wave is building. It's going to happen. Uh, it's going to start in Arizona, by the way. Everyone's going to feel like they're in a beach resort with this big red wave. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and CPAC you know, rates every member of Congress, rates every senator, rates every state legislator. So the people of Arizona, if you want to see if you're representative, uh, their relative conservatism, you can go to our website at cpac.org and check out their ratings. Um, we do all kinds of public policy advocacy. We're working with Marjorie Taylor Greene on her bill to prevent, you know, tender young children from taking puberty blockers and other chemicals to destroy their gender affiliation. And, uh, you know, we're on the front edge on all these fights. We're fighting woke corporations like Walmart, which just recently announced they're going to pay for nine months of abortion for their employees for any reason uh, and pay for the travel and the hotel costs associated with those. Uh, those terrible tragedies of abortion. So, you know, we're on the front lines of the fight, uh, and it's my honor to lead the group. I'm glad you're mentioning that, uh, Matt, uh, because, you know, there's this tendency in some conservative circles, gosh knows you've dealt with this professionally probably your whole life, in Republican circles as much as conservative circles, not to want to kind of touch what might be called uh, or dismissed as these social issues. It's one of the things I like about Carrie. She's Carrie Lake. She's not afraid to go into it. Uh, neither is Blake Masters. This is how you change a culture. And the left understood this perhaps better than we did for a long time. I think we're, we're beginning to wake up to it. But the idea that social issues and our culture shouldn't be part of our conservative cause would be anathema 
to Abraham Lincoln as much as it would be to Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan did not give any speech uh, in 1980 any more than in 1976 where he wasn't talking about these issues as well. In fact, it were those issues that created the Reagan Democrat, which brought in so many Democrats, particularly, um, uh, you know, out of Michigan and the Catholic uh, community as well. So I'm glad you're really if you want to say another word about that, it is a part and parcel of this party and has been ever from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the uh, this cultural Marxism uh, that has grabbed a hold of our elite, uh, I, I think they've gotten quite cocky. They mm-hmm. think that the America of our founding, and more importantly, the America that uh, survived the Civil War, yep. gave former slaves their former civil rights, uh, their full civil rights, and by the way, it was the Republican Party that led the way in all that, the Democratic Party, was the one fighting each and every way against uh, racial harmony in the country, and now they left racism. Yep. And these cultural Marxists have gotten a hold of our schools, public and private. They've gotten a hold of our school boards. They've gotten a hold of our C-suites and the major publicly held companies. Um, they've obviously gotten a hold of social media. They've obviously gotten a hold of media. So this is what we face. Almost every major institution uh, that we deal with is gone full-on woke and full-on left. And we've declared war on woke. Uh, we have a great documentary called The Culture Killers, which is on our website, which everybody can watch for free. And I, I encourage you to go watch it. It tells the story of what we have to do to stand up to this world culture. I believe we, we're on the cusp of some really great victories of getting corporations to go back to neutral Good. and to getting our schools going back to teaching our kids. Uh, but it's going to take everyone's voices. And I'm telling you, everyone in Arizona, I'll see you tomorrow, and I hope you come out to Carrie's event, which is also on our website. Um, I know Abe's going to be there. You're a great candidate for attorney general and others. But the um, but the key is, is this. Get, get up and speak now. If you wait many more years to get up and get engaged and speak, your country's going to be gone. We'll never get it back. Once we lose that freedom, it's gone, folks. we got to stand up this cycle. We have to have a big red wave. We have to win these races. It's the only way all this pain will stop. Well said, Matt Schlapp. Uh, maybe last question I have for you. I know you're busy and got to run in a moment here, but it's kind of a tell, isn't it? Uh, Carrie Lake's opponent, Katie Hobbs, refuses to debate or runs from journalists that uh, might not be uh, uh, immediately on her side. Mark Kelly, who Blake Masters is running to unseat. Mark Kelly kind of hides under this this gloss or uh, this web of being this moderate. But on examination, you know, Mark Kelly is right there with Joe Biden every step of the way. Uh, and Katie Hobbs, who, if she can string a sentence together, refuses to talk to the press and refuses to debate. It tells you something about them and their positions that aren't saleable when they have to hide and 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 cover themselves from the media and from closer inspection and examination, doesn't it? It's kind of a tell on their part that they kind of know what they're trying to sell in the light of day isn't going to be bought, right? Well, the, yeah, you're exactly right, Seth. And the main reason for that is that they don't want to get the question about why aren't you inviting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Why aren't you inviting right. Nancy Pelosi yeah. and Chuck Schumer? Yeah. They can't associate themselves with these Democratic leaders, these socialist leaders, and come across as a little more moderate in their states because they're lying about this independence and moderation. They're full-scale with the worst elements on the left in our politics. And they're also, you know, the other question they can't answer, they can't answer why they're for no, no abortion that they would want to regulate, not one. And they've, they've all been giving these answers, and your Senator Kelly gave the answer the other day. Yep. 
they they look like idiots because the American people have common sense about things, and they realize that like even if you're very strongly pro-choice, you don't want abortion used uh, to kill girl children because you want to have gender selection. Right. Uh, you know, gender comes and goes. We're not society, China, but, after all. Not yet. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to use it as a method of birth control. Right. This idea of unregulated uh, late-term abortion no. um, with taxpayer funds, you know, 80% of the American people think that's too far. So no matter where you are in the issue of abortion, the idea that it should be nine months, no regulation, no limitations um, is a, is a big mistake, and it goes for parental consent. Absolutely. You know, for minors, I mean, they have to get Absolutely. you have to get your parents to approve everything from a tattoo to a uh, to, to an to aspirin. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Absolutely, cool, but not not this procedure. So I think the radicalism of the Democratic Party. Is really has really been laid bare by this reckless Biden administration. Oh, it's shocking how many Democrats, you're right, from Katie Hobbs to Mark Kelly here in Arizona, believe in abortion right up to the point of birth and including after. It's uh, in the born alive infant situation. It's, uh, it's an odd, odd extremism and radicalism as they try and call us the extremists. Well, they are. Matt Schlapp, bless you, sir. Godspeed. Enjoy your time here in the Valley of the Sun. Thank you, Seth. I look forward to seeing you. You betcha. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Refried, refried dreams. It's a little old Tim McGraw there for those of you that are listening on the podcast and don't get the music. Uh, uh, anyway, the little Tim McGraw there. Uh, thank you for uh, staying with us. If you're worried about stock market volatility, I have a great offer on an investment that is not correlated to the stock market. Brought to you by our sponsors, Why Refi. It's a unique investment opportunity where they are offering up all in a secure and collateralized portfolio, an investment with an up to 10 and a quarter percent return for investors. And your investment can be in a trust, an IRA, just as much as it can be in an individual or joint investment. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm made up of really great guys. I know them well, and they do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com. Investyrefi.com, or give them a call. At 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. Never a sales pitch. They just like talking about what they do. And they let it speak for itself. That last point I was talking about with Matt Schlapp. And who's the extreme here? You know, it's an interesting thing. Carrie Lake was right to bring up that. Once upon a time, the Democratic Party, when it was in its more moderate mood uh, under Bill Clinton, circa 1992-93, they did talk. He did talk about abortion being safe, legal, and rare. Uh, You cannot get Democrats today to agree to that tricolon. Um, And you could not, if you watched the Mark Kelly debate uh, with Blake Masters, see Mark Kelly agree to a limit at any time at any point, including nine months or after nine months. Carrie Lake was speaking uh, about a week ago about the extremism of the Democratic Party on this, where the Democrats won't even say that they would be against an abortion that takes place after the child is actually delivered. Newman goes, what are you talking about, an abortion? Yes, it happened, folks. That is why there was something known, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. The Born Alive Infant Protection Act. It was a big deal 
that a lot of people were paying attention to in 2007 and 2008 because Barack Obama, as a state legislator in Illinois, refused to support a Born Alive Infant Protection Act. There were these nurses who were noting that there were these children who were set for abortion, but they did carry through to term for any number of reasons, and the doctors were setting them aside after they were born to let them die because a judge had declared that the right to an abortion is the right to an effective abortion at any stage. Now, you tell me who the extremist is. It's a gruesome business, but it's a gruesome business we're trying to put curbs on and to stop. It's a gruesome business the Democrats can't even admit to saying is gruesome. You tell me who the extremist is. We have a lot more coming right up, including the monologue. Don't go away. Be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 